All right, everyone, welcome in to week 10 of the Instant Review podcast. It has been an absolutely crazy week of NFL action, and we are definitely going to have a lot of very interesting topics to talk about. I'm the host, Nicholas Hill, and joining me for this lovely debate this evening, we have my fellow co-host, Leon Terrion and Connor Kennedy. Guys, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. Gonna be a good show. Let's get into it. Be great. Absolutely. So, what we're gonna do tonight is instead of jumping into some of the key stories, we're still gonna do those. Um, we've decided that we're gonna kind of debut with something new this week. We're gonna do a key takeaway segment where we're gonna each briefly talk about a brief number one takeaway that we had from yesterday's games, and we'll just briefly kind of discuss them. So, Leon, I'll let you have the floor first. What was your key takeaway from yesterday's games the seattle seahawks are headed downhill i think russell wilson came back way too early from his finger injury they lost 17 nothing and i think even after the first even in the first quarter he didn't even have a completion for any positive yardage to any wide receiver they just look like they're headed downhill the team looks like they're falling apart tyler lockett is underperforming so is dk metcalf only held to three catches covered by rookie corner of the Packers, Eric Stokes. It's just, it, and even at the end of the game, he even got into a fight that was unnecessary, but the Packers defense shut out Seattle. Overall, a great defensive game by both teams, but I don't see them getting above five or six wins by the time the end of the regular season comes. As we uh, titled the episode, Scoreless in Seattle, uh, they were very much uh, – it's both scoreless and sleepless nights right now for Pete Carroll as uh, the season seems to be going down the drain. Uh, Connor, what is your key takeaway from yesterday? Uh, so continuing to go on the topic of teams falling apart, uh, I'm going to talk about the Raiders. I, I personally – you know, I think they've gone completely downhill these past couple weeks, and I don't really see them making the playoffs – um, they, they were a team that looked really strong. Like I think like the first six weeks or so, uh, but then all the, the stuff happened with John Gruden and him having a step down. Um, and then things that happened with Henry Ruggs and some of their 2020 draft picks. Um, and this team's just completely gone downhill. Um, you know, they're, they're going to really like need to work at, you know, rebuilding this team. Uh, after the John Gruden era and some of those bad decisions uh, that that organization made uh, during those times. Um, And I just don't really see them pulling it together um, and finding a way to, you know, make it to the playoffs. Like I said earlier, Uh, I mean, like maybe they could beat up on some bad teams, but as we saw last night, like, you know, they're, they are not the same as they used to be. And, you know, I kind of saw this earlier. Uh, I think last season, you know, they started out strong and then they ended up eight and eight. Um, this is why we should never trust the Raiders. I should have thought of that earlier, but yeah. Yeah, never trust the Raiders. Um, you know, and that was just a common theme with John Gruden in his second stint. Um, they just always fell apart at the end of the season. And I remember last year they were six and three and they ended up missing the playoffs. And it just, it's going to happen again this year. And it, honestly, I don't know how much you can even blame the current players and coaching staff. I mean, they, they've just gone through so much turmoil off the field. It, it's been unbelievable. But my take for this week's uh, interview podcast is Mason Rudolph's not the answer. I, look, the, the Steelers, if you want to be a playoff team, you cannot tie 
the Detroit Lions. Now, at least you didn't lose to them, and I have no place to talk about because my Tennessee Titans lost to the New York Jets, right? Um, but I do think that we learned a lot about Mason Rudolph. I mean, we've watched him throughout the 2019 season, and we got to see him yesterday. I mean, just he isn't the guy. He doesn't make this offense explosive, and he – the Steelers cannot seriously go with him. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger should be done after this year. And I, the question is, where do you find your next quarterback? Because as I've said consistently, I don't think there's a great quarterback coming out this year. Um, your best options are maybe a Matt Corral from Ole Miss or Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, um, which that would be an interesting story for Kenny Pickett to stay at the same stadium and play for the Steelers instead of the Panthers. But I don't see either one of those guys being great NFL quarterbacks off jump and you know, I, I just they're in a tough position because they still have a good defense. Um, they have Najee Harris in the backfield, who has had his moments this year. But overall, I I just I don't think the future is very bright. But, you know, you find ways to win games um, or at the very least not lose them. Uh, this law, at least this tie may benefit you at the end versus a loss. Um, what were your thoughts on Mason Rudolph? Because I know we're talking pre before the show and. None of us were impressed at all with him. Um, I don't know. Uh, Connor brought up an interesting point in the live stream yesterday, how he wanted to see more of Dwayne Haskins, and I could agree with him. Because what if Dwayne Haskins could turn his career around in Pittsburgh? What could really happen to that AFC North division? Because it's very close right now, but I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is the guy that's going to get them through the playoffs. I think he could get them there. But it's it's not like last year. It's not like whenever they started off 11-0. It's very different. It looks like the conversation around the Pittsburgh Steelers is a much quieter one that not really much analysts will talk about because they're not at the top anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph's been in this league for about four years. Uh, I think Steelers fans kind of know what to expect from him. He's not someone that'll, you know, win you games. Um, and he can lose you some games as well. He didn't do either yesterday, uh, as we saw in that 16-16 tie playing the Lions. Um, but, you know, like I, I said last night in the live stream, I think Dwayne Haskins, while he had a terrible uh, first couple years in Washington, um, and I, I think part of that's um, on him and his maturity level um, at that point in time. Uh, I think also some of that blame could be placed on to the Washington organization. As we've learned these past couple of years, it's just like an absolutely toxic place. Um, and, you know, sometimes they, you know, especially uh, in the Jay Gruden era and some of their past coaches uh, pre Ron Rivera, they didn't really know how to develop their players all that well. Um, you know, and I think Dwayne Haskins is in like a, a pretty good system now, you know, a future Hall of Fame coach and Mike Tomlin. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl and he's never had a losing season before. Um, you know, I'm not saying that Dwayne Haskins would be a franchise guy, but um, if Ben Roethlisberger ends up uh, getting injured or on the COVID list again sometime this season, then I definitely hope that they bring up Dwayne Haskins instead of Mason Rudolph. I know that they drafted Rudolph um, and were possibly trying to develop him to maybe be that successor uh, to be that franchise QB in Pittsburgh, but I. I just don't see it. I absolutely agree. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, I just think has more natural talent than Rudolph. Although the, is he now in the right headspace to do better than Mason Rudolph? That is the question to be seen. 
Um, uh, be very interesting to see how the Steelers perform the rest of the season. Uh, they're definitely one of the toughest divisions. Um, they could finish anywhere from the first to the fourth in that division. It would nothing would surprise me with the Pittsburgh Steelers because Mike Tomlin is a fantastic coach, as you mentioned, and you know you can never necessarily count them out. Also, we would like to shout out those who are watching us, Gustavo Tomizelli, my dear friend, and Americana Sao Paulo, Brazil, watching us, and also Minecraft Samurai. So watching us. Thank you guys for watching and commenting here on the Week 10 edition of the Instant Review podcast. But now it's time to turn over to Leon. Introduce our first key talking point of the day. So a big upset that we had in Week 10, the Washington football team beats the Super Bowl champ Tampa Bay Buccaneers 29-19. to Chase Young tears his ACL in the second quarter and is now out for the season. But what a performance by the Washington defense, even without Young most of the game. Guys like Jonathan Allen stepping up in the secondary. Tom Brady was held to only 220 yards and two interceptions. Uh, only had two touchdowns. Should Bucks fans be concerned about this? Because the Washington football team is now uh, one of the worst teams in the league. But it looks like Taylor Heineke had his revenge game from last season's wildcard matchup. Um. Well, I still think that um, I think the Buccaneers will somehow pull something to end up in the Super Bowl again. Um, so I wouldn't be like too worried. I mean, they they were missing like a lot of their all pro receivers um, and such during this game. Um, but but also, um, I think some of y'all know how I feel about Tom Brady. Uh, and um, I he played like absolute garbage uh, yesterday. Um, and I, I think part of that was uh, because of how the Washington defense stepped up. Um, you know, he they, they covered all of his receivers um, and they challenged him to take shots downfield. Um, I think we all know by now that Tom Brady, you know, he's he's kind of a guy that uh, takes what the defense gives him. You know, he's he's really good at those, you know, short to intermediate level throws, but he's he doesn't have that kind of athleticism that we see in some quarterbacks such as Patrick Mahomes, where they have like an absolute cannon. And they can shoot the ball downfield. Um, and, you know, that was on full display in this game. I, and I think if defenses can do stuff like that, you know, for the rest of the season, then I think Tom Brady might have a bit of a tougher time this season. Well, I'll say this. And when it comes to Tom Brady's teams, it always seems like this time of the year, they have one or two games where they just absolutely stink. I remember back in 2018, they got blown up by my Titans, 34 to 10. Then they turn around. They still make the Super Bowl and win it, right? Um, no, last year they go down to Tampa Bay, lose 38 to three. Our well, New Orleans came to Tampa. They lost 38 to France Saturday Night Football. We're like, oh, Tampa Bay has no chance. Then they come back. You know, they destroy the Saints in the divisional round. They go on, win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not counting Tom Brady out until I see him lose in January. It's just, it just is what it is. His teams always seem to come alive in late December and January. And just to be honest, as long as you have a strong start to the season, you can't afford to have a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season. As long as you can get it going by the middle of December, you're always going to have a shot in January, especially now that we have 17 games. It's, it's going to be impossible, I think, really for any team in the modern NFL to just truly be great. Uh, for an 18 week season, that's just it's going to be hard. Um, it's going to it's all about getting hot at the right time, and I think the Bucks are going to be fine. Um, I don't know if I'd pick them to win the NFC right now because I, I still am on the Packers train just because 
I just have the or it just feels like they have an aura around them of winning and their defense, especially the way their defense is playing right now. Uh, and it just seems like they have a lot of different guys on offense who can contribute. But once again, as we all, I think, should have learned by now, do not count out Tom Brady until he loses in January. True. <laughs> very, very true. Now, this next story is <clears throat> super cool, the news. Cam Newton has signed a one-year, $10 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. This is just amazing because I love watching him play. He's a former MVP. He took them to the Super Bowl, which they unfortunately lost. But he plays the Washington football team next week, and I'm not sure if he is getting the start. I'm not sure if any of that news came out. But how do you guys see the Panthers matching up against Washington's defense? And will Cam Newton have a really good or a really poor start? Yeah, I'll say this. I don't think P.J. Walker necessarily played terribly. I mean, I know he had a turnover, but still – um, he was very efficient for most of the game, and they really relied on their weapons. Of course, Christian McCaffrey being back um, is massive. I mean, it's you can't overstate how much the Panthers' offense missed Christian McCaffrey. He is the engine that makes the offense work. And just to see Cam Newton be back in his goal line situations, I know he only threw four passes, but just being that threat and for the defense to have to account for Cam Newton and just seeing his reaction when he scored that touchdown yesterday, it was just awesome to see. I'm not a Panthers fan, but – I know a Panthers fan, and he was just – he was very, very excited over uh, that result yesterday. And, and I know Arizona was without Kyle Murray and some of their other top players, but still, that was still a good football team regardless. And that same team went into San Francisco last week and blew them out with their backups. So I kind of expect them to win this week. But Carolina um, is making a claim now, I think, for the wild card. I mean, if you look at it, they are in the wild card if the playoffs were to start today. And they're not that far behind even the Bucks for the NFC South. Now, I don't think they're going to win a division, but they certainly have placed themselves in a position, especially when you consider how the Atlanta Falcons got blown out last week. I think the Panthers are the clear number two team in the NFC South. Um, of course, the Saints, I know, are also technically right there with them as well, but I just think with all the injuries, um, I, just, I just don't see them being able to sustain um, enough success down the stretch in order to get into the postseason. I like this Carolina team to make the playoffs at this point as a wild card. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. And on the question of whether or not Cam's going to start, I think he eventually will just because he has more um, natural talent than P.J. Walker. I mean, there's no offense to P.J. Walker. It's just Cam Newton is a special player. Um, he's definitely not what he used to be. But he's a with this offense, he doesn't have to be a superhero. He just has to make sure he takes care of the football, get the ball to his weapons, and – you know, provide a different dimension to this offense uh, when necessary. And I think that's going to be enough for Carolina to sneak into the playoffs. Well, I think Cam will probably start uh, this upcoming game playing Washington. And I, I think probably for the rest of the season, um, I, I think we've all kind of figured out already that Sam Darnold is not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Um, and PJ Walker, while he was amazing in the XFL is nowhere near that level um, in the NFL. Um, I think we saw that even in the, the short bursts uh, that, that Cam played, I, I think he only played like four plays um, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he scored two touchdowns. Um, so while his arm talent, um, kind of like what Nick was alluding to, isn't anywhere near what it was, uh, you know, back in 2015 when he was the MVP, um, he's still an impact player and 
definitely the best quarterback on that Panthers roster right now. Um, and with that defense being great um, in Carolina um, and with his receiver receivers being pretty underrated um, and having one of the best running backs in the game and Christian McCaffrey, um, he doesn't, he definitely has a lot more help uh, than he did in new England. Um, I think they could find some wins and like Nick said, I, I definitely could see them as a wild card contender. Absolutely. I mean, this could be really, really big for them. Now, another big signing that's big in the news, Odell Beckham Jr. released from the Cleveland Browns and has now signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, the game just started right now, but how do you see the Matthew Stafford and the Rams offense implementing Odell? Well, it was pretty convenient timing that they got him, considering that Robert Woods just tore his ACL. I mean, this literally could not have happened at a better time for the Rams. I mean, Robert Woods had just started getting like into his offense because for the first couple of weeks, he did not have a connection with Matthew Stafford, but finally had gained that connection because Stafford and Cooper Cup have had perhaps the best new connection out of any new quarterback receiver duo in the league this year. Odell Beckham, I don't know how much he's going to be able to fill that role, but I think that's where he's going to have to fit because now, without Robert Woods, Outside of Cooper Cup, the only other consistent receiver you still have left at this point is Van Jefferson. And then you still have you know Tyler Higby at tight end. And, of course, you got a stable running back, including Daryl Henderson. So, I mean, the Rams offs is still very talented, but losing Robert Woods is a blow. But if Odell can get back to his production levels in New York, um, he could definitely find a fit here. Um, it's just my main concern with him is his head going to be in the game because it just from the reports – and from the performance on the field, it just didn't sound like it was gelling in Cleveland. For whatever reason, maybe he wasn't gelling with Baker Mayfield. Maybe he wasn't gelling with the coaching staff. Whatever happened to him in Cleveland, hopefully with Sean McVay and just how much he's been able to get out of a lot of different players. I mean, just look at Jared Goff this year and how much worse he is in Detroit versus Los Angeles. Maybe he'll be able to get Odell Beckham back to that top-level production that people expect him to be at. And maybe he'll be a similar case to like Antonio Brown. Cause remember Antonio Brown, you know, had all those issues in Pittsburgh. People basically left him for dead after, you know, having the whole Raiders debacle and then going to the Patriots for one game and then getting cut from there, but then it ends up in Tampa and helps him win a Super Bowl. So I think if you're a Rams fan, you have to hope that Odell is your Antonio Brown. Uh, well, I think that Odell hopefully uh, experience a rebirth of his career um, in Los Angeles. Obviously he was an elite wide receiver with the giants, um, but he hasn't really been the same ever since that 2016 season. I think um, something that impacted that a lot uh, was the system that Kevin Stefanski implemented in Cleveland. You know, it was really centered around like a run first philosophy. And we all know that Baker Mayfield's like not really a gunslinger type of quarterback. Uh, but Matt Stafford is for sure. Um, and, you know, like Nick said earlier, uh, you know, Robert Woods tearing his ACL um, is definitely going to, you know, help Odell in terms of uh, receiving more receptions. Um, and, yeah, I, I think he'll really help this offense down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, being a New York Giants fan, there was something about Odell Beckham that really made you want to watch Sunday games. And I, I I really miss seeing him on the Giants because that energy really isn't back here. 
in a long time with Saquon Barkley always being hurt. But this could be big for the Rams offense because with a lot of the league's defenses focusing on Cooper Cup, there could be a lot of openings for Odell on uh, different short and intermediate routes, of course. And as we move on into this next story, Connor's going to be happy with this one. Bills win 45-17. The Mike White hype train looks like it's done. He throws four interceptions, forced a lot of passes down downfield. What is going to happen in New York? Is Zach Wilson going to start? Is Mike White going to start? Who is going to be the guy to help revive this struggling team? I think after a performance like that, it's absolutely going to be Zach Wilson. I mean, this team's not going to be winning anything. Um, so, and, you know, with that performance that Mike White had uh, this past Sunday, um, you might as well just bring back Zach Wilson, even though he hasn't had a performance like Mike White did against the Bengals. Um well, certainly would like to see him take some more game reps and improve his game. Um, and possibly there'd be a chance that Zach Wilson could help you win like a game or two more. He's obviously been picked number two overall. So there was more potential in him than Mike White, even though he said he could be a number one overall pick. But I, d- I don't see it personally. Um, but I, I feel like. Uh, yesterday could have went a lot better for Mike White had um, Robert Saul and the Jets offense not put so much on his plate. Um, you know, as we saw in that Bengals game, he didn't complete a pass past 15 yards, but he still threw for over 400 and threw for three touchdowns and he won them that game. Um, but they trust him a bit too much. Um, you know, thought he was a bit more than he was um, forced a lot of passes downfield. Um, you know, a lot of bad picks. And, you know, we kind of saw the flaws in his game and why he's been a, a backup his whole career. Yeah, I mean, uh, just looking at this game as a whole, I, I am impressed with how the Bills responded to last week because losing to the Jaguars, I mean, that was an embarrassing loss for them. But to come back and take care of business against the Jets, that's exactly what you want to see your football team do after a bad loss. And that's what they're able to do uh, on the Jets quarterback situation. Uh, you invested so many resources into Zach Wilson. You'd be crazy to not give him another shot, considering that the talent level around him in New York just isn't very good right now. I know the Mike White thing has been really fun uh, to watch, but as I I think I said when it first started a few weeks ago, it just feels like the football version of Lynn Sanity. Um, if you remember from like 2011, I think it was, when Jeremy Lynn went off for the Knicks for like three weeks, there was like, oh my God, Jeremy Lynn's the best player in the NBA, and then he's relegated back into role player that's what Mike White's going to be he's going to be a journeyman quarterback which I mean is fine you can make a lot of money doing that and you know impact the football game here or there uh throughout your career but I, I just don't see him having a true future anywhere because you know it just he he needed to win one other game besides the game versus Cincinnati I think to truly uh, make a case for him to be a full-time starter uh, in the NFL somewhere. And the Jets actually play the Dolphins next week, so we'll see who's the starter by them. But this leads me into the last story. The Miami Dolphins defense shut down the Baltimore Ravens 22-10. Every single person on the Instant Review podcast got their picks wrong. We all thought the Ravens were going to beat the Dolphins, but no, the Miami defense stepped up. Rookie defensive end out of my out of U Miami, 
Jalen Phillips really made it difficult for Lamar Jackson to move outside the pocket to complete any passes at all. Xavier Howard returning that fumble for a touchdown. Does Miami have what it takes to get back to the form that they were in last season? Because Tua Tagovailoa is returning, Jacoby Brissett, they're sort of using that like two QB system. Can Miami revitalize their team and get back to the situation that they possibly could have had last season, which is a playoff spot, possibly? First and foremost, um, uh, definitely share a profile for friends because you might be able to make a lot of money fading our picks. If you're in a state that has legalized sports betting, uh, so, because we all mess up on our Thursday night picks and last night because we all picked the Raiders to win and the Chiefs won. So if you want to make some money, fade the interview podcast because um, if we were putting money on these games, uh, we'd be losing a lot of them. But you can win a lot of money by fading us. So uh, on this Ravens-Dolphins uh, Ravens Dolphins game, um, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One is a Thursday night. We see where things happen on Thursday nights because there's less time to prepare. Um, Lamar Jackson just seemed completely off. The offensive line was getting absolutely humiliated up front. And it shows kind of a deficiency of Baltimore is that when you are able to take away their run game, man, the Ravens are going to struggle because they have to have the run to set up the pass. And this is the exact reason why Baltimore has not won anything over the past couple of years in the postseason outside of one game. And it's probably going to end up being the same result in this postseason because you have to be able to consistently pass the football. Now, Lamar Jackson has gotten better at passing, but it didn't show in this game, and it has to be alarming for Baltimore. Now, like Buffalo last week, the question is, can Baltimore next week bounce back and you know, win in their football game? That is a question to be seen. But, of course, you know this is coming off the hills a couple of weeks ago of the Bengals rolling into Baltimore and beating them 41-17. to 17. I mean, there's been definitely a couple performances that uh, have been just complete head-scratchers. And not to mention, one of their wins included a 22-3 to three deficit to the Indianapolis Colts that they were fortunate to come back and win. Um, and like Pittsburgh, they're in a, that extremely tough AFC North. Um, I, I have no idea who's going to win that division because every single one of those teams are just extremely suspect. The Steelers don't look very good. The Ravens. Right now, don't look very good. Of course, the Browns got absolutely murdered yesterday in New England, and the Bengals have not looked great either recently. Um, and so, like whoever survives the division, I just I don't know if they'll be very successful in the postseason. Um, on the Dolphins, you know they, they might be able to squeeze out a couple of wins down the stretch here, but obviously it isn't going to matter for this season. Uh, definitely, I, I think the key now is figure out who you're going to have for next year. And make sure those are the guys you're playing. Make sure they're building that camaraderie so that when you come back next season, maybe you can have a similar season to last year and make another run at the playoffs. Um, in terms of uh, the Ravens case and you know how, how they've been doing, especially in that last game on Thursday Night Football, playing the Dolphins, um, I know I've been talking about this point a lot the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I think definitely they put a bit too much on Lamar. You know, ever ever since their top two running backs went on IR, it's basically just been the Lamar show on offense. And even though, like, that's made for some great performances, uh, like in that game against Indy on Sunday night or on Monday night football a while ago, um, you know, that that model of offense isn't really sustainable um, if there isn't all that much help uh, for Lamar. Um, 
you know, and it's going to be difficult for them down the stretch, especially with how they played, um, you know, this past Thursday. And I personally don't really see them making it past the divisional round if they are in the playoffs, which I, I think they still will be, but it'll be really difficult for them. All right. Before um, we, all right. Uh, just to kind of interrupt you real fast. Uh, the 49ers just scored a touchdown. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to uh, George Kittle. Uh, 18 play drive over 10 minutes. Just absolutely moved it down the Rams defense. Um, I mean, a 10 minute plus drives in the NFL, especially these days, are so rare. So, an incredibly impressive opening drive for San Francisco. But uh, go ahead. Um, what I was going to say um, about Miami, I don't think they're a playoff team whatsoever. You know, they've already lost seven games. Um, and I, I think part of why they were um, successful last season and they went 10 and six um, was because they would pull Fitz magic off the bench uh, to, you know, pull something off. Um, you know, a perfect example of that uh, is when they went to Las Vegas, um, you know, and it's just that, that Tua is still developing. Um, you know, he isn't necessarily a franchise guy yet. Um, I, I still think they should give him like at least a year to kind of figure things out. Um, but I, I think the roster for the most part as a whole, besides like a, a couple guys like Xavier Howard, I think Jalen Phillips was a great pickup. He was one of the best pass rushers in the draft last year. Um, and I think he's, he's been really showing some progress these past couple weeks. Um, this, this isn't really a playoff roster uh, from top to bottom. And I think that front office and that coaching staff have got to do some soul searching in the off season, really kind of, see some of the ways that they went wrong um, within their rebuilding process. I know a lot of people were championing them, you know, after going from five and 11 to from like probably the worst roster in the entire league to going to 10 and six and almost making the playoffs, um, but missing it just like kind of a fluky finish. Um, they're definitely not the same team as they were last year. Um, and they've got to figure some things out if they really want to build a contender. Even though we are still seeing the AFC unfold, I still feel like they could make the conference championship. Like a lot is being put on Lamar Jackson's plate, but I think he already has four comeback wins this season. And developing as a passer, he, he just looks amazing. I, I see him having a very successful playoff run. I don't see them in the Super Bowl, but... I think Bills and Ravens could be a nice AFC Conference Championship matchup, definitely. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a complete wild card. And really, at this point, I think a lot of it comes down to who gets that number one seed because I think getting that two-week buy or that one-week buy is going to be so critical for whoever gets it. And got to remember now with the seven-team format for the playoffs, it's only going to be one team. And right now, obviously, the Titans have the eight-and-two record. They have the inside track, and if you look at the rest of their schedule, they only have two teams left who have winning records in the Patriots and the Steelers. Um, and of course, they have three games left combined between the Texans and the Jaguars. So you would think as long as the Titans take care of business, they have that inside track. Although I'll tell you, I don't personally don't feel incredibly confident uh, on that, but you always have to wait and see how this unfolds because I, just, I really think getting that number one seed is going to be very, very critical because I know the Bills – are second right now. So I'm not sure exactly how the rest of their schedule unfolds in terms of how many winning teams they have left they have to play. Um, but 
Uh, it's going to be very fascinating to see how that race, and I think it's going to be a very, very important race indeed. All right, so thank you, Leon, for all of those news stories. And now we're going to kind of move over into the injury report. Uh, some of the t- key injuries from yesterday. Um, and it just seems like every single week this year, it just seems like there's big injuries every single week. Um, one of the main ones yesterday, Aaron Jones running back for the Packers. He had an MCL knee injury. It looks like he'll be out maybe one to two weeks, so not as bad as I think a lot of people were worried. But A.J. Dillon um, had a big game yesterday. He had two touchdowns. He's been a really big part of the receiving game, uh, favorite target of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he's going to be the main back. He's going to get um, carries virtually every single down. He'll be on the field a lot. Definitely someone you might want to pick up if he isn't uh, on the bench in fantasy or on the waiver wire. Uh, Cordell Patterson. And this brings me uh, no joy to report. A very exciting player to watch. He unfortunately has an ankle injury. It's going to be out three to four weeks. Mike Davis looks like he'll be uh, the starting running back there. And unfortunately, Cordell Patterson, in addition to being a running back, I mean, he is a great receiver. He just is very dynamic. He could be used in, in multiple amounts of ways, and there's really no way to really replace a player like that. Um, Alvin Kamara you know, got injured during the week. He's out two to three weeks with a knee injury. Uh, Mark Ingram stepped in and actually had a pretty decent game, had a rushing touchdown yesterday. Um in fantasy, he had 20 points. So um, that's someone who's going to preside some value while Alvin Kamara is out. And Chase Claypool uh, had a toe injury. He's going to be week to week, which for a toe injury like that, it's incredibly aggravating. It seems like players uh, never return back to their normal selves in that season when they suffer a toe injury. Of course, James Washington will probably be the next man up. Of course, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's been out already. Um, and that combined with the Steelers' uh, COVID situation with Ben Roethlisberger, um, just not good times for what was already a struggling offense in Pittsburgh. Uh, looking at those injuries, uh, what do you think is the most significant um, out of those four that we mentioned? Uh, personally, I, I'd say Cordell Patterson uh, is going to be one of impact quite a bit to the Falcons. Uh, I mean, him and uh, you know their their new tight end. Um, Kyle you know, yes, Kyle Pitts. Um, they 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 really were were helping Matt Ryan a lot um, over these past couple weeks. Uh, you know, especially since Calvin Ridley's um going to be out for a while. Um, you know, he's really filled in well on that third down back uh, kind of role. Um, and this offense is going to be a lot different without Cordell Patterson in there. Uh, I'd say Alvin Kamara. I feel like if the Saints had him against the Titans, the results could have been a lot different. He just brings so much more to the offense that Mark Ingram, I don't think, could really bring anymore. So Alvin Kamara, we'll see if he could make a return because the NFC South is getting competitive. So what if like all four teams are, could make the playoffs? It is a possibility, but at the same time, uh, the Alvin Kamara's injury is big. Uh-oh. So, quick update from the uh, Rams 49ers game. The 49ers just got a pick six. Try to see who uh, got that because I was looking away. Uh, see, Stafford threw it to there. I was trying to throw it to Higby. And oh my goodness. So, Higby, he basically he 
they had the ball caught, but it popped back up. And then uh, Denzel uh, Ward, I'm actually not sure who the first name of that is, uh, Ward, uh, number one for the 49ers, got the interception, brought it back for a touchdown. They're about to make it 14 to nothing, San Francisco. That That is shocking to me. The Rams, what is going on with Los Angeles? I mean, this you would think it's one of the most talented teams in the entire league. But, you know, last week, you know, they got um, – Kind of ran out of their own stadium by my Titans. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford threw a pick six in that game, and now Matthew Stafford just threw another pick six. Is he reverting back to his Detroit days? Like, what's going on with the Rams? I think, I think they're just so focused on the passing game right now because they have Odell Beckham, and they do have Daryl Henderson, who's kind of one of the most underrated players in the league this season because he is having productivity in the rush game, and he probably will finish over a thousand yards receiving, but. Uh, maybe Stafford's just forcing it too much. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think that was necessarily his fault because his tight end bobbled that and kind of just popped right into the San Francisco players' hands. But not a good start. I mean, your defense gives up a 10-minute-plus drive and then a pick six afterwards. Uh, not a recipe for success, especially in a primetime game in a robbery match like the Rams and 49ers. So we'll see if the Rams are able to come back in that, but... Uh, back on the injury thing real quick before we move on to fantasy. I'm going to say Chase Claypool just because the Steelers' offense is so challenged as it is. They, they need as many of their weapons to be healthy as possible. And Chase Claypool having this week-to-week injury, as I was saying in my kind of little spill a minute ago, I just I don't think he's going to be able to be the same because toe injuries are just so weird. Like They affect players differently on a daily day-to-day basis. And you're just not going to be able to know what you're going to get out of them. Week to week, if he's able to play at all. So I think for the Steelers, especially in, with the race that they're in, I uh, don't think that's going to work out very well for them. All right, so we're moving over to fantasy football. So the top five performances of the week, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes that we all knew came back last night in Las Vegas, had 36.2 points, disaster dominated the Raiders. Dak Prescott, too. Also made a comeback this week after just an awful game last week against Denver. Had 26.3 points. A.J. Dillon in that backup running back role had 24.8. Shout out to Ramondra Stevenson. He had 100 yards rushing yesterday. Had two touchdowns. Had 23.4 points. And the Cowboys defense all over Atlanta yesterday. Had 23 points. Um, Made a statement after being down 30-0 last week to Denver. Unwrote to a 30-16 loss. So... And then this is a shout to uh, to um, Oscar Ringo. He was the one to put this together. So his top three surprising performances, Ramondre Stevenson, A.J. Dillon, and Patrick Mahomes. And it it's just crazy to me that we're here in the middle of the season and saying that Patrick Mahomes having 36 points is shocking. But it really is considering just how off he's been all year. And all of a sudden last night, the real Patrick Mahomes uh, stood up. They're just somehow finding ways to put themselves in situations where they they could be successful. I understand there's a little luck to it, but Chiefs look like they're headed in a positive direction for sure. Yeah, so his waiver wire picks include Ramondre Stevenson, if you don't, if he's on your waiver wire. Um, Sonny Michelle as a handcuff. If anything happens to Stevenson for the, uh, well, actually, Sonny Michelle is a handcuff for the Rams. Uh, Justin Fields, a Chicago quarterback, he's definitely been getting a lot better recently. Uh, really took off in that fourth quarter last week against uh, Pittsburgh. And Dan Arnold um, got traded away for peanuts. Uh, 
uh, a couple weeks ago, but hey, he's he's making an impact on Jacksonville. My staff pick, Cam Newton, especially if he ends up being a starter, I think he should already be a QB2 if you're in a two-quarterback league. But if he takes the range, especially with Christian McCaffrey in that backfield, and with the way they think Matt Rule's going to use him, he could be your QB1. If you're in a really bad quarterback situation, um, you might want him as at least your backup. And in favorable matchups, uh, he might you might want him to be your QB one. Uh, do you? If like if you were desperate for a quarterback right now, would you go get Cam? Because I think I would if I were in that situation. For sure. I, I mean, like his ability as a dual threat quarterback. Uh, I mean, like like we talked about earlier, he's not the same passer as he used to be, but he's still like a huge impact player on the ground game. Um, so I'd I'd say easily. I mean, like I I don't see them starting Darnold or Walker over cam newton like at all and i think that you know like we talked about earlier they could make it to the playoffs with him so i think he could at least give you like at least 18 points a game you know if your QB's like injured or you know maybe he's not cutting it just think about like how happy the carolina fan base is right now having super cam back that is just amazing i really do wish the best for them and it will make the nfc south playoff race a lot more interesting yeah definitely as i said earlier i know a guy who's a big panthers fan and he's been going crazy all week ever since it was announced cam was coming back to carolina and it's just great to see that because it's just the energy that he brings both to the team and that fan base all right guys it's time to make some money it's the most impactful segment of your week connor kennedy he has the hands rubbing connor Tell us how to spend our money this week on sports gambling. All right, guys. So I got four week 11 picks this week. Uh, I went one and three last week. Uh, probably my worst performance so far uh, during this whole season. But we're going to bounce back this week. And I'm going to start this off with the New Orleans Saints versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The New Orleans Saints are favored. Actually, no, the, the Saints are favored. Sorry. Uh, the Eagles are favored by uh, one and a half points. And the over under is 44. Uh, now, the Saints season so far has been one of inconsistency. You know, they've beat some of the best teams in the NFC, such as the Packers and the Bucks. Well, they've played terribly against teams like the Giants, and they choked against the Falcons somehow. Uh, meanwhile, the Eagles have been interesting as well. Well, they certainly aren't Super Bowl contenders, and I personally don't believe that Jalen Hurts is that franchise guy. They've been playing hard and winning games, and Devontae Smith's been emerging as a standout wide receiver one. Uh, now, I'm going to pick the Saints to win this matchup. Now, as long as their defense can stifle Hurts' running ability and Simeon can be effective as a game manager, then I think they'll win this one. This next matchup that we're going to talk about is the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers are favored by three points, and the over-under is 49.5. Now, the Packers are looking again like one of the top teams in the NFC with their offense humming and their defense really stepping up these past few weeks. Now, meanwhile, the Vikings have probably been one of the most underwhelming teams in the entire league thus far, have been inconsistent as a whole on both offense and defense. Um, I'll go with the Packers not only to win, but to cover as well. Right now, that the, right now, I think they're the best team in the NFC. But while I think Minnesota will play hard in this game, I highly doubt that they could beat this Packers squad. And this next matchup that I'm going to be talking about it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half points. The over-under is 55 and a half. Now, this Cowboys offense is probably one of the best in the league right now. And also, we've seen a completely different defense 
than we did last season in Dallas. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs bounced back last night big time in Las Vegas with their offense returning to form and their defense also being slightly better than we've seen from them so far this season. Now, I personally still think that Dallas is currently the more well-rounded team in this matchup, and if their defense can cause Kansas City to turn over the ball, then I think that they'll win this one. In this last matchup that I'll be discussing, it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals are favored by half a point, and they're over under in this game is 49 now the Bengals and the Raiders both started the season out pretty hot but they haven't looked as great over the these last couple games um personally I trust the Bengals to bounce back way more than I do the Raiders now this Bengals offense can be explosive when Joe Burrow is playing at his best and their defense is much improved from last season as well meanwhile the Ravens organization is in complete turmoil right now and I don't think that that pickup of Deshaun Jackson is going to help much to solve their offensive woes as of late as we saw on full display yesterday and for those reasons I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game and also to cover because I don't know how any team could win by half a point and those are my four week 11 matchups I think the most interesting aspect of any of those lines, that over-under in the Cowboys-Chiefs game, is 55.5. And I feel like earlier on this year, it would have been just an automatic go for the over. But the Chiefs defense is playing a lot better right now. And, and the Cowboys defense yesterday played very, very well. And is outside of one game last week, I thought has played very well throughout the season. Um, how would you approach an over-under? Because honestly... Um, I would be more tempted, honestly, to do the under there. Because I know, obviously, Patrick Mahomes looked great last night. Dak Prescott looked great yesterday. But these are two teams that have improving defenses. And, you know, even though their offenses looked great yesterday, we haven't seen them be able to do it consistently. Um, do you think that maybe just one that you would stay away from? Or, you know, would you perhaps think about that under if you're really gutsy? Um... Personally, I, I think I'd I'd still go for the over. I know it's definitely like a bit more risky um, than it probably would have been uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. Uh, obviously, this Kansas City offense really came back big, um, you know, yesterday. Um, but also, this Dallas offense is great too. Um, I, I personally think that even if the the Kansas City Chiefs offense only scores like twenty points, then I, I think the Cowboys could easily score forty, and it. It wouldn't be that far-fetched um, if both teams combined scored over 55 points. Yeah, and just a very quick update. Tyler Higby just scored a 10-yard touchdown, so the Rams have responded. It's now it's probably about to be 14-7 there. But, uh, Leon, do you have any uh, comments on these betting lines? I think I'm just excited to see that Kansas City and Dallas Cowboys game. I think it could possibly be a shootout, but at the same time, it, it could be a very big defensive game, but I would definitely take the Cowboys in that matchup, and I think the Cowboys could possibly win by 10 points. I'll say this. If I were to make a blood bank guarantee, uh, like a, I feel I really like the Bengals there at minus 0.5. They're coming off a bye week. I just don't think the Raiders are in a good headspace right now after what's happened recently and getting blown out on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I feel like the, the train's about to come off the rails there. And I think the Bengals have something to prove after losing to the Jets two weeks ago. Uh, uh, give me the Bengals there, uh, minus 0. 0.5. Um, I think there's going to be a very good slate of games because you know, it was a couple of weeks ago. I remember where we had like three games that had minus that had double digit lines, but next week is going to be very 
uh, very entertaining, I think, in terms of games, which, you know, we always love to see. So let's get into everyone's most anticipated segment of the week, the player of the week. Uh, a lot of interesting performances yesterday, a lot of comeback stories of sorts. Leon, who is your player of the week? So all the games going up to the Chiefs game, nobody really had any crazy standout stats. But Patrick Mahomes is proving us wrong. 35 of 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns. It looks like the Chiefs might be able to lead the AFC West and make a dominant performance in the playoffs. But at the same time, the AFC is just just wild. We don't know what's going to happen. Somebody loses, that's good every week. Somebody wins, that's bad. So we'll see what happens, but it looks like definitely their best performance on the year and definitely Mahomes' best performance on the year. Connor, who is your player of the week? Uh, now, my player of the week isn't a player. It's uh, more of a squad. Uh, it's I'm going to go with the Bills secondary. I know I'm a homer here, but uh, you know I think it's pretty impressive uh, the, the way that they turned over the ball. Um, in the Meadowlands, uh, Levi Wallace picked off Mike White. Trey White pick up, picked off Mike White, really showing that he's an absolute elite lockdown corner. Uh, Jordan Poyer picked off Mike White also. Um, and also Micah Hyde uh, recovered a fumble. And those two are pretty underrated safeties, in my opinion. Uh, I think that they're the best safety duo in the league right now. Um you know, I'm just going to say this Bills secondary is probably one of the best in the league right now. They're they're scary. And, you know, rookie QBs, watch out because you're probably going to throw like at least three picks when they're on the field. Yeah, and I'm also going to kind of cheat on mine and just do a unit. The Packers defense, um, shutting out Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is – an incredibly impressive achievement. I mean, I know Russell Wilson wasn't 100%. It was snowing. Uh, not the most ideal conditions for offense. But, I mean, to get any type of shutout in the NFL is impressive. To hold Russell Wilson to 20 of 40 for 161 and two interceptions, a QBR of 13. I mean, that has to be his lowest QBR ever. I mean, a QBR 13.0, That that's unbelievable to me. Uh, holding them to only 75 yards rushing, holding guys like Tyler Lockett to only two catches, holding DK Metcalf to three catches. Their two-star receivers combined only had the ball five times throughout the game and were constantly covered every single time Russell Wilson was trying to throw the ball to them. Obviously, shout out to Adrian Amos, Kevin King. They each got an interception. And they got, um, I believe, three sacks for 28 total yards as well on Russell Wilson. That was one of the most single unit uh, impressive unit performances, and it's starting to feel like you know, you know what this kind of reminds me of the 2015 Broncos, um, in the sense that you know Aaron Rodgers is no longer a top tier quarterback like he used to be, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's still a, a top five, ten quarterback, and maybe not as regressed as Manning, but the you know, the thing that has really kept Aaron Rodgers from winning more Super Bowls is the fact most of the time he's had a bad defense. But I think he finally, finally has this defensive support that he needs to make a deep playoff run. And if they keep on playing like this, then the Packers, especially if they get that one seed, because remember, every team now has at least two losses. Um, going into Lambeau in January is going to be very difficult, I think, for anyone. 
uh, to be successful. So, to finish off our show, let's make some game picks. And we got to be better than last week because we bo- we all uh, screwed up the primetime games. We didn't get anything right. Let's get back on the winning uh, track here. Let's talk about the Thursday night game, Pats-Falcons. Uh, Leon, I don't think we can hear you. I have the picks for this team, and I think we're going to sweep this week. We all chose the Patriots. Connor chose the Patriots. Hey. Yeah, I I don't know what happened to your mic. You sounded like... Uh, like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, Alvin and Chipmunks right now. <laughs> or like the dog from Up. What you, you guys can hear me now? Yeah, All right, yeah. now you sound normal again. Yeah, we have some technical difficulties. So... Uh, Connor's pick is 34-21 Pats. I'm going to go 38-17 Pats. Nico is 31-27 Pats. And Oscar finishes it off 27-24 Pats. Uh, I think so this week's going to be better. Money line. I think this is going to be a better week than last week. Yeah, hopefully. We, we got to get this one right because we, we cannot all pick the same team and then uh, you know miss the pick again. Right. It's, it, otherwise, we might become the next man and cast and have our own curse. So put that in the record books, folks. You don't want us picking your team because the interview podcast will curse them. What yeah, that the, being... Go ahead. Yeah. Um, honestly, the, the way that me and Leon uh, picked the Pats to win this one outright, uh, I think that the Pats could lead 28 to three sometime in the third quarter. And then the Falcons really come back, bring this over to overtime, and then they win this one. Uh, you know, a, a real revenge game uh, for Super Bowl 51. Going to change some narratives. Yeah, hey, Georgia sports anyway. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> the Braves won the World Series. I, of course, I went to Georgia, Tennessee over the weekend. And I, I I don't see any way Georgia doesn't win the national title this year in college football. And, hey, the Falcons, can they avenge the Patriots? Uh, that would be a, a good turn of forces for my friends down in the Peach State to myself. But – with that being said, Kyle Pitts, just watch out for Kyle Pitts, next best tight end in the league. Yeah, indeed. I've seen him play too. That's a wrap. And thank you again for watching the interview podcast. We will see you again next week for week 11. When we recap all NFL based news, we give our takes. We try to pick games correctly for once. Talk about fantasy, talk about injuries, try to make you some money for sports gambling and much, much more. Also follow us on Twitter at interview pod follow us on instagram at interview podcast and most importantly really follow us on tiktok at the interview podcast we're doing game reactions we're doing news reactions in fact doing some in-stadium reactions record some of my experience at a college football game this weekend sec game um we're gonna try to go to some nfl games that are on this season uh just to get you the guys some of that uh in-stadium feel since stadiums are full once again um which is just amazing to see And most importantly, if you're watching us here on YouTube, subscribe to us, click that notification bell, so you'll know when we are on live. We usually will be on at 8 p.m. on every single Monday night during the football season. For Leon Terrion, for Connor Kennedy, I'm Nicholas Hill. You've been watching the Interview Podcast. Take care, and tune in next Monday night for the next episode.